Because the truth is, all of us need some of us to make it through this journey at EPWY. So throw them AirPods in, or your Apple headphones with the mic in your ears, get your notebook out, and get ready for your extra course. Black Girl at PWI is starting now, and class is officially in session. What is up? What is up, beautiful people? It is so good to be back with you all sharing this audio space. If you don't know, Black Girl PWI has a special announcement. So if you have not yet checked that out, go to Black Girl PWI on Instagram, B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-P-W-I to check that out and make sure you click the link in our bio to make sure you get looped in to the special announcement as well. But I am back. We are back. Um, and I have a special guest here with us today to talk about being black and balancing a social life as a black girl at PWI or just a black person in general. So if y'all know, we kind of been having this, you know, necessary conversation about the environment of PWIs and social life and identity. And so we're kind of going to start a group of, of conversations around this called Black or Black Black. And that's not to question anybody's blackness, but solely to validate those who feel like they are not black enough because they go to predominantly white institutions or because they exist within predominantly white spaces. So I am I am honored to be accompanied by the one and only Kayla Lightfoot. So Kayla, please lend your voice to these beautiful people who are listening in. Um, Tell us what we need to know about you, who you are, what the vibe is, what the vibe is not. Word. What it do, everybody? My name is Kayla Lightfoot, as I've been beautifully introduced. And I'm just the one you see running around, getting the work done respectfully. As you all know, I've done work with the Student Government Association, part of the Academic Affairs, boom. Then we got the Honor Council, boom. Uh, Then we keep it going. Got Finance Committee, respectfully, got elections going. And then everything else with NAACP, UMW votes, you know, getting an election rolling first semester. And yeah, and the vibes, the vibes. The vibes. The vibes. The vibes are there. Period. What are your vibes, your personal vibes? Because Kayla just sat there and told y'all everything that she does at UMW, right? So those are UMW Finance Committee, UMW Votes, all that stuff, NAACP, civic engagement. She is a student leader, all of that. So y'all are getting Kayla's firsthand experiences. But Kayla's also a freshman. I am. I am. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, coming from this Blue Spring, Missouri, uh, from the Midwest. And I get confused mm-hmm. with Kansas, respectfully. But, you know, those are not the vibes. <laughs> um, those are not the vibes. But the vibes are that I am a well-rounded person, having a lot of different experiences uh, as a traveling child, as myself, you know, military brat. brat whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> respectfully. Um, but, yeah. That's the vibe. That's the vibe. Exactly. So, Kayla, I'm going to have to give them uh, a, a brief introduction of how you and I met, right? Right. Because I got to let the people know they don't know you. You know they what I'm saying? And they, they get don't. to know me. So so we got to bridge the connect. So as you all know, first black woman, SJ president, whatever, freshman class has this orientation type thing that they go through called Welcome Week. And it was one of those days and I had to speak for, I think it was a diversity and inclusion session, yep. the Dialogue on Diversity and Inclusion Workshop session. And I spoke, and it was just, yeah, this black girl behind me. And she was cracking jokes the entire time when white folks was getting up there talking about diversity and inclusion and equity and justice. And I was, I turned around a couple, a couple times, and um, another black woman who was beside me, who you all will hear from later in the semester, hopefully Desmond A. Logan, right? She was like, you know, oh, like, hey, yeah, hey, Kayla, da, da, da. so she knew Kayla. So I was like, okay, cool. There's no reason for me to be involved in this conversation. Like, <laughs> she knows her cool. Towards the end, Kayla stays after she talks to Desmond A., and then she talks to me. She's like, wait, but you're the 
first black woman I shared president, right? And I was like, yeah. She was like, that's dope. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, this had a lot of energy because I was like, dang, I want to be able to connect with the freshman class, but I'm not sure how. And she was at the easy end. So I was like, oh, okay, bet. You know what I'm saying? We should talk. Come to the JFMC, stuff like that. But around that time, the freshman class during Welcome Week, they also had this thing called Glow Zone. And so it's basically like a big glow party outside. Sometimes it's inside for the freshmen. But, you know, sometimes if you're upperclassmen, you might trickle in. So I pull up later that night. I think it was that night. I pull up later that night. And it's music. It's a stage of that dog. When I tell you, I had looked over and all I see is Kayla on the stage with a white T-shirt around her, her neck. And I think it was, I don't know if it was like a sports bar or a crop top and shorts. Crop top, yeah. And she was like on the stage, like she, there was something in her hand and she was just turning it around. And I'm telling you, everybody else was hype with it. Like, hey, hey. It was a lot going on. And I was like, oh, this is Kayla. And so off the jump, right, Kayla just has a ball of energy. I was like, I like that. She's going to be dope for UMW. But Kayla, you went through what a lot of young black girls, what I went through, what um, some other upperclassmen went through, some sophomores went through at UMW were at predominantly white institutions. And that's within that first week, first two weeks of classes, you are kind of talking to other black folks and saying, number one, how did you survive? Why are you still here? And should I stay here? So what was that like for you? For me, I was just simply trying to build that sense of community right off the jump and that's not usual people are like oh it takes time to build a community and I was just like no absolutely not as a black you know sense of community at a such a predominant white uh institution I wanted that community right then and there right and you know Desmond and then also some others like Darius up from the STP which is like a really very important uh summer program for first years and upperclassmen to get to know each other then we get to uh welcome week and i saw breezy i wanted to get connected with that because she was also involved in countless things that i'm involved in now i wanted to get that immediately <laughs> uh as you can tell it was an immediate vibe right the jump but uh yeah i wanted that community right off the jump as a first year mm-hmm. and also, know what is the vibe on UMW? Because we know all the glitz and glam, all, all the advertisement. Cool. But what goes on for specifically Black students on this mm-hmm. campus? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you were considering leaving. Were I you was. not, right? And so what was that What was that like? What kept you here? Or what is keeping you here? Oof. And be honest. Be, <laughs> be look. This is Black Girl of PWI, so we, we real honest, humble, open, and transparent. Because it might help somebody, right? The potential growth on UMW's campus and how fresh it is compared to all institutions across America, right? Not just, you know, the East Coast and like, oh, leaving the Midwest, particularly like how fresh President Pano is and how fresh with new ideas he's with and also faculty and staff willing to push the narrative for you for UW students, particularly black students, growing that community, building those safe spaces. And there's like an understandable, like, connection between us as black student leaders and also faculty and staff as well mm-hmm. that was the big thing it was that mm-hmm. there, there's people here to work with you mm-hmm. yeah right and so then you get into that you're like okay there, there's room for potential there's room for growth here right for yeah. me as a student leader as a student organizer but then you have the, the whole other perspective and that's being black at a PWI on the weekends. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. that's, that's what this is. Yeah. Social life, social right? Life. And so you go from glow zone 
to maybe Halloween, ha- Halloween, right? And you all, for the, the steady and consistent listeners, know about Halloween. That's an event that Black UMW put on as a means to make parties and social life vibrant at this predominantly white institution and at our predominantly white campus, right? But between Glow Zone in August and, was it August? August it was, yeah. August, yeah. And then Halloween in October, what does social life look like for you, right? As it relates to friends and a friend group, and did you stay on campus? Like, what what was the vibe like? The vibes. Um. So we were living on. So I live on campus. Shout out to Mason. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of traffic going on, so you're gonna see new people, and you always see that. But my right hand man, Martina, respectfully, <laughs> it was just I always had her, and I was just like, let's grow this, let's grow this. So knowing that my initial friend group wasn't gonna sustain, uh, I respectfully accepted that because. Mm-hmm. As we grew and things, you know, changed like priorities and, you know, censor, censor, censor go on. <laughs> uh, it's just those things had to change. So then it was just like a growing of being alone and accepting that being alone still allows growth. Right. Mm-hmm. And allowing, you know, a new circle of people come around and then keeping it pushing. Yeah. 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 So what you you shouted out Missouri, right? That's where you're from. Yes. OK. Respectfully. What environment did you come from, right? So, like, your high school experience. Was it was it parties? Was it majority black parties? Like, what was that vibe like compared to UMW's vibe? Um, So, I came from a school that was heavy on the band and football, uh, predominantly white, and I was on the color guard. And it was, like, a big battle of, like, you know, respectfully, it was, like, a split in the high school, like, oh, I'm coming to the games for the performances. Mm-hmm. No, I'm coming to the games for the athletes. You know, we had, like, the big peppy, uh, what's it called, student section, so we had the themes going. Everything was, like, top-notch. And, you know, if you know more definitely, like, it's a 4A school. So big school, big campus. The funding was there, um, so it allowed more things. And, you know, predominantly white, white kids with money, you know, they have they throw in mansion parties. Um, and then the academics was also top-notch. So they pushed heavily on, like, uh, what's it called? ACT scores, you know, college college credit classes and stuff like that. But that's where you start losing the black experience and black students at our campus. Um, so my soft, my no, junior year, we started black at BSSD, which was like a big hashtag that happened during COVID and how the hurt of our district campus has done to the black community uh, for the past like couple decades. So my group black at BSSD grew and it was just like social, social injustice to uh, predominantly black or no to black students and trying to create curriculum that are more inclusive and understanding that teachers need more practice and you know saying some wild stuff that's um culturally not okay and yeah that's that's how that jumped off of just wanting to support the black community because to be honest I could care less I used to not care less about like the black community because I've been hurt so bad from the black community um I've always grown like has such a better support of like the white students and then understanding there's a flip side to it. Understand some of those things probably rooted in some type of like racist stuff, but you know, white savior mode type thing. Mm-hmm. But understanding like me being black, I still have to so- show a certain level of support slash like scale of like my blackness has to be shown. And there was like a lot of challenge in my high school when it came to like showing that I'm a black because I also got hate from the black students. That's like, oh, I'm whitewashed because I'm educated, spoke a certain type of way and had certain experiences that they didn't have. Like, let's be honest. I still haven't seen boys in the hood. I haven't seen none wow. of that. That'll you do know? it. That'll do it, That'll right? Do it. So having that, I say I came from like uh, white friend groups. I still had the collective like being quote, quote, whitewashed friend, uh, friend group. 
but we still found like safe space because mm-hmm. at the end of the day we saw each other as black students and it was like a tear because it's just like me as a black kid at a predominantly white high school I didn't understand like why is there such a split when there's already not enough of us right mm-hmm. so it's like the teachers already split on us you know and faculty all that so it just I never understood that and then I get to you know college and it's just like that ain't what the vibes are Mm -hmm. we want to have that community across ages right and it's like cool if you ain't like this person but it's not me you push them like back right Mm -hmm. hit like um yeah that's 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 the vibe from my high school experience Yeah. yeah that's interesting that you talk about that split right yeah because you're coming from a predominantly white high school right and having experiences there then coming to a predominantly white you know what I'm saying? Institution outside of your state, yeah. right? As well. So, so that's also a major jump. So, when you get here, were you more ready to like work and organize and lead than you were really to like socialize and build community, or did you want both? I wanted both, but I prioritized the lead and building sense of like, uh, pushing for better mm-hmm. because it was just like. Well, I don't need that community because I don't want the same people going through what I went through, right? Mm -hmm. So there was, like, a break. I was just, like, I need the community so that I can also push those ideas of, like, leadership and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was, like, a little bit, like, a take back because it also realizing this is my first time college experience so mm-hmm. understanding the workload and professors ain't teachers yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I can't call my parents because also my parents aren't out here right so also that growing question of like dang I can't even go home so I had to like learn how to like be okay with myself right I'm not saying I was like a homebody when I was back home but it's still like that idea of them being as close as they were right because for me everybody went home for fall break and that's when it really hit I was like, dang, I'm really an out-of-state student, right? Because I do have some family here, but that's distant relatives, right? So that's cool, right? But it's just not the same as, like, my parents and siblings. And being the oldest of five, right, and being, like, the le- the leader and, like, the oldest being nine the youngest being two, it's like, dang, I'm missing their first performances and this, that, third. So that out-of-student experience was, like, hitting really hard over fall break. Mm-hmm. And then it, you know, full circle during winter break because I was able to go home. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So... Coming from that, being out of state, being away from family, being away from your your most com- comfortable zones, being away from social life back home, all the things that you've grown up in and been used to, how did you adjust at not just not just UMW specifically, right, but in another predominantly white space as you're getting acclimated with your blackness and wanting to lead and serve? How did you find your safe your safe space here? Right. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? To be social and to have fun outside of always having to lead in labor. So the big thing when it came to social life and adjusting out here is that the white people in Missouri are completely different than the white people in Virginia, mm-hmm. particularly um, because white people back home, they're not as educated, but they just gonna blatantly hate. And it's just like, <laughs> cool, you can laugh how incompetent they are, which is all right. But then you get here and then they got. They've been learning how to, like, spread this hate of, like, uh, social injustice and stuff like that. Um, Particularly, it's just, like, they're more educated whenever they have a reason to hate to a certain community. They have more research base behind them. So it's just like, oh, okay, you're smart, quote unquote. (laughs) But, like, yeah, they're just more active, especially in, like, civic engagement. That's where it really was, like, combating of ideas because it's just, like, they doing the research of what's going on. Because, again, you know, D.C. only an hour away, so uh, it's so close and stuff. Mm. But, yeah, that's what, yeah. Okay, so you're saying 
the white folks were the major difference. Yes, that was a major difference of like trying to find my community, but also understand how to operate with them. Because okay. I was open to like, you know, not only black spaces, but also other spaces. White people ain't welcoming. They they really not, right? <laughs> like they might give you a nice high and bye, but they're going to make you feel like, oh, you ain't welcome here, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to either look at you some type of way and like the stare down, I, I mean... The stare down is different out here. They're going to stare and follow you and track you, right? Because yeah. back home, they're going to give you a glance, and it's just like, oh, I got the glance. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's a stare. No, back here, here in Virginia, they go, that's a stare, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a built, like, uncomfortability mm-hmm. around them. So, so how do you show up fully Black in these white spaces and where it's like, oh, I'm getting stared down, right? So, like... On Black Girl PWR, we talk a lot about the importance of community. Yeah. And so you kind of spoke to the things that you're involved in, right? But a good portion of your friend group, or to a degree, right, you made sure to find other Black women, mm-hmm. right, to be acclimated with. And I know you kind of, you spoke to this tearing, which I, I do believe occurred at UMW, where it was like, dang, I want this change to happen and this change to happen, and I'm willing to get involved in everything. And some Black students aren't, right? Right. But at the same time, you still want to be able to go to parties. You still want to be able to have fun and stuff like that. So how did you find your people? I mean, think. Um, to be honest, I think they found me, particularly. Mm-hmm. So as I was searching, and then I got to, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the correct crowd. Not saying they're the wrong crowd, but it's just, you know, we fell off. But then when I got the crowd I'm with now, um, they truly came to me. Like, they truly was, like, asking me to do things that I was already interested in but never been invited to do, more mm-hmm. so doing, like, the inviting. So then that was, like, a big thing. It was just like, oh, okay, we're matching on, like, the fun aspect. Mm-hmm. Or oh, what do we take as fun? Or, you know, what do we want to do, per se? Mm-hmm. Um, And then we get to the parties. For me, which is, like, a really big thing, it was just like, I could care less to go to those off-campus, predominantly white parties because they ain't a crowd for me. And it's just not the vibe. Like, if you experience it, it's just, they're going to isolate. They're going to push themselves to the other side. Um, Particularly recently, I had, like, I was on Ox. You know, I'm playing all, like, the trap music or whatever and doing the vibe. And then, all of a sudden, all the black people, is, I'm in someone else's house. And <laughs> all of them cornered up and just away. And I'm confused. I'm used to, like, inclusive party, right? Like, everybody, regardless of your race, if there's music and, you know, fun going on, y'all going to all, like, be together. And it was just weird. And then just like, even if you invite me, you're like, I wasn't invited. But <laughs> I came in as an associate with somebody else. But like, you know, they just, I don't know. I can't really explain the party aspect because I, I as, as I've grown into this experience of UNW, I could care less about the white parties because there isn't parties for us on here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that? Right. Like, so I guess parties aren't the only aspect of social life. Yeah. Right. But what do you do for fun? If it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you see all the the white folks, they go to parties. They yeah. they doing darties. They doing parties at night. You know what I'm saying? Not with the most updated playlists and stuff like that. <laughs> True. So, so when you were speaking to what you and your friends do for fun and all of that, how do you enjoy that? How What, what do you do outside of parties, right? Right. Um. So the people that I be around, like, we prioritize, like, just each other, like, we do spontaneous things like, bro, let's go to the movies. Everybody's saying yes because, for one, we got it fits in our schedule. And for two, I genuinely want to be around these people. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much the matching of, like, priority when it comes to, like, fun and when it's time for fun, right? Um, so, you know, movies around the area, you know, ice cream, you know, chilling. But just simply, like, the aspect of presence around each other. Just, like, being around black women. And I could quote for some of my friends. They even said, like, dog, I don't care what we doing. But the fact that I'm around black people, especially y'all, like... That's where the fun is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. sense of like safeness and like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you go from that, right? And, and say, let's say that's like weekends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's say this weekends. How do you go from weekend fun to showing up in the classroom, you know what I'm saying, every day to also being a student leader? Right. So we have weekend fun, you know what I'm saying, I'm doing my drip, to being in the classroom in which white folks stare and I'm the topic of conversation right. or I'm having to be the educator in that space. And then let's also go to the other side of that, which is, being a student leader, a black student leader, right? And yes. so you're coming out the gate as a freshman, like loud, um, unapologetic with plans. You know what I'm saying? You writing budgets, you know what I'm saying? Stuff right. like that for yeah. the entire university. So how do you balance carrying such a heavy weight like that with the social life? Oof. Take it time. I'm really trying to think because like, I don't know. That's a really good question because I just do it per se. Mm. Like, it just falls into place. Like, when it comes to my academics, right, um, I don't carry a heavy academic workload. I just keep it, you know, get the scholarships, keep pushing type, <laughs> right? So, for one, like, I have an easy degree. So, my degree I'm interested in is business administration, right? So, the workload ain't crazy like that, right? So, that falls and creates space for leadership roles and stuff like that. And I also create boundaries and be able to build my note of saying no to those leadership positions and stuff like that. Because... It was a time where I had, like, everything in my hands, right? The whole university in my hands. Mm-hmm. And I was collapsing on my uh degree. Or mm-hmm. my degree. Yeah, my mm-hmm. degree. So, to be honest, like, that first, let's see, August when I came running in and it hit a hard wall in October, almost dropped out. Like, dropped out slash, like, failed. Because it was just, like, midterms hit. And then all of a sudden, this workload is going crazy. Mm-hmm. And... Then, but it's not even like the classwork go- workload. It's just the expectation of like for me, and also the fear of disappointment. Just like I got work, I got work, I got work, mm-hmm. and then then after that, I just like prioritize to push through the semester because after November, which is when a lot of civic engagement stuff just stops, I was able to somehow survive, somehow <laughs> survive through finals and get back home. But then I created a better schedule for this semester and creating like one of my priorities, which is the academics, um, the ac- um, certain position roles such as the NAACP, um, SGA, doing making sure that's a priority, like creating like taking it day by day. That's mm-hmm. such an important thing. So learning how to like I don't have to do all my assignments that are due in a week in one day. <laughs> right. Uh, planning out like, all right, I'm planning the budget report this day. Right. And I can also balance out how much I need to do that day, right? Because mm-hmm. I used to be a night out, like crazy, like doing work until the sun comes up, but then still having to go to class. And then now mm-hmm. I'm napping through other classes because I'm like, oh, I got them another day. But mm-hmm. then realizing like that ain't healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, not at all. Not That's at not. all. So yeah, and then building in that social work, that social aspect when it comes to me being that black student leader, I pretty much lay it out flat. Like when my friends, I'm like, I do this, this, and this, right? And then also say, if I if I make you a priority, you make me a priority. Mm. And then that's where things match up, right? So then that's when also, especially Martina, my goodness, Martina's my right-hand man, especially in SGA and everything else. If y'all don't know, she is also a freshman, my roommate. And I met her in SCP, right? It was a vibe. But to bring it now, um, every people like her, where they accept and understand that being involved is what I do. That is what made Kayla, right? And also, she's going to make time for you, right, if you communicate with her and give her grace on what she's been doing. And as with those being the priorities, my group just grows. 
And then also that creates the sense of community and more student leaders because next year it's gonna be a vibe. It's, yeah, it's gonna be a vibe. Yeah, I love it. But but I love one thing that you said, and it, it's it seems um, backwards for me to say I love it. But you spoke to <laughs> that first semester of like I was carrying the entire university <laughs> like in my hands, and I think it's important to note that because. White students do not have to go through that, Ooh. and they do not have to hold the whole university in their hands. Word at all. You will never, you will never hear a white student. The most a white student will probably say, right, as it relates to the work that they do, is like, "Dang, I don't want to go to this meeting," which is probably a once a week meeting, right, right. from three to three thirty. Right. Or you know what I'm saying? Dang, um, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> like, yes. That's, yeah. They have no list because, again, all the issues, they either going to reap the benefits or they just have the grace to just ignore it. Exactly. And us as black students, we have to say it. And it just becomes like a big thing. Last semester, I was like, dang, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. And that's where it really felt like, like you said, like the whole universe was in my hands because I go to look and all the black students are student leaders. But also Mm -hmm. there's so few of them because Mm -hmm. also there was a break through the COVID. You know, people weren't getting involved. And then now it's just like, dang. Like, not again, feels yeah. like the university is in my hands. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and that's a real thing. Yeah. Where you look around and you're like, dang, not only is everything in my hand, well, everything is, is in my hands, but when people are asking me how I'm doing as a black woman with everything in my hands as a freshman, right? Because yeah. I, I was in this in the same spot to a degree, right? I'm also looking at other black leaders and I'm like, it's only like six of us. <laughs> so yeah. I can't give you this because you got all of this part of the university in your hands yep. and I got this and you got this. And so we're all carrying around this weight of a predominantly white institution. Right. And low key, let's be very honest, very, very frank. We're all low key carrying around this burden mm-hmm. of a predominantly white institution, the burden yeah. of racism, the burden of injustice, the burden of, you know, cultural incompetence, the burden of white supremacy. Like we're all carrying this, this deep history right. of this predominantly white institution and current history in our hands and then expected to show up and be super social 24 seven and then be the spokesperson for every single issue 24 seven. Right. And then to be serving on president's councils and all these student representative things 24 seven and then expected to be a full-time student showing Mm -hmm. up in the classroom with perfect grades and then expected to have a social life like a white student. Right. 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 And then it's like, well, why don't, why don't you love your predominantly white institution? It's like, because I, I damn near am the predominantly. I'm carrying yeah, exactly. it on my back. Uh, yeah. And yeah. especially it's important because it's for the next one. Because especially mm-hmm. for me, I just don't want the next person to go through the exact same thing I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Right? And especially, like, um, that growing burden. Yeah. And this is where that, that growing burden. It's reason why I do not like complainers. Right? <laughs> and if you know me, I'll shut you down if you talk about complaining without plans. Mm-hmm. Because there is a position for you to do something, to change something for every complaint you do. And... And that's that's the book. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, ooh, complainers really. If there's one thing that gets on our nerve, is a complainer. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense, right? Yes. Because when I had Maya on, Maya and I talked about. We talked about grace. We talked about grace more specifically with black students who may not have the capacity, like me, you, or Maya, right. to show up a hundred percent. Because they're like, yo. I'm on the I'm on the verge of dropping out. I'm on the verge of, you know what I'm saying? I don't know who I am, right? Right. And so because of that, 
black women who kind of know their purpose and know like, hey, I'm I'm here and like you said, I'm willing to stick it out. There's potential here. Right. I'm willing to fight for it. And in that, I'm willing to fight for it and I'm carrying this burden. If you ain't going to take the load off me, stop talking. Right? Yeah, that's that's so kind of what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. And I think I, that's a very valid feeling because mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't have to get to that point if all of us show up. And, right. and all of us don't have to show up in the same way. That's, yeah. You know, I'm not, I would never, and Maya and I spoke to this, right? I would never ask a black person to come to this institution to labor. Our ancestors <laughs> did not die for us to come to a predominantly white institution, <laughs> a daggone plantation, which we got to pay here to be, you know what I'm saying, to be at, right. to, to labor and to not get an education and to not enjoy our social life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, by the by the grace of God, <laughs> we're able to do that and maintain a social life and you know, maintain decent grades and you know what I'm saying, still be able to show up in other capacities outside of the school right. and lead. Um, but it can be a lot to carry that weight and then to be around some folks who are like, Oh, you ain't doing this enough or this sucks and it's like I'm working on that, yeah. but nobody's helping me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then also that comes like a thing, like as pe- as I get around more and like a different crowd, they learn that I'm a leader and I get things done, they start pushing me as a fall guy. And I realize how to be like, hold on, you can do something too, right? Cause it's just like doesn't mean just because I'm doing this, this, and this does not mean you get to push more on me. Wow. <laughs> now we're saying <laughs> that's good that's really what it is um and that's why i was really looking towards like upperclassmen at the beginning and then i was just like i had to take back and i was just like all these upperclassmen yes y'all about to leave but y'all are still here Mm. y'all are still here Mm -hmm. and i'm just like y'all still have something to give Mm -hmm. but then i'm just like oh i ain't gotta say what they can give but you gotta say what i can give Mm. right that's good yeah that's good <laughs> I like that because we need to talk about black girl boundaries. Yes, that brings us into a whole different conversation, but we are gonna have it right now. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I love how you said that. Where you said what? What? What was it exactly that you said? You said just because something doesn't mean you can push that all on me. What was it? Oh, just just because I do this, this, and this mm. does not mean you can put your this onto me. That's so good. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? That's so good. Yeah, because especially that persona, like, building up that, um, I don't want to say hierarchy, but, like, everybody's putting me on that pedestal mm. of, like, the leader. And, like, the labels, I kid you not, them labels were coming in, like, rapid fire from mm. everybody left and right. If it's not faculty, it's the teachers. I mean, if it's not faculty, it's professors. If it's not professors, it's students. And if it's not students, it's, uh, like, other students that mm. also that are close to me as well. Mm. So it is that built of pressure and stuff. But then also, again, that boundary. Yeah. Just because you're saying this does not mean it gets a wheeze your way of, like, mm-hmm. putting your... Uh, mm-hmm issues on me yeah right for me to solve yeah yeah that's a big thing i'm not gonna lie because i i kind of encountered that coming in right and for me it looked a little bit different even coming into my my presidency right because it was like okay we have two black men who came before me in terms of uh being sga president and one was a black male you know what i'm saying um cis black male the next was, you know what I'm saying, um, a gay black male. And so, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, cool. And so when I come in, it's like, oh, black woman, mm-hmm. you remind me of insert black male. Yeah. You remind me of insert black male. It's yeah. like, I'm not. I'm not, though. And yeah. so that label and that expectation that you think that you have for me and that you're about to put on me, you're not. Right. They came. They did what they needed to do in the seat. 
I'm going to come and do what I need to do. Yep. I'm not walking in anybody's shadow just because I'm black. Period. At because, all. Especially emphasis on the freshman part, right? Mm-hmm. So all those leaders that are that were generated from NAACP and all that are still here. Yeah. I'm getting all those titles put on me, mm-hmm. especially on the getting the mix of, Oh, Brianna. Oh, mm-hmm. um, Maya. Like, like I kid you not. Like, and it was like that sense of like breaking up my own identity, yeah. but then understanding that I just have the same characteristics mm-hmm. or similarities that are the great parts. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what they know. They don't really know me. And that's why I also have to learn that. Like, People actually do need to get to know me yeah. or I'm going to be stuck with the whole, oh, yeah, just like Breezy. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. just like someone else, right? Um, That was a big thing when it comes to, like, my leadership. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm not doing this because of them. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it with them. Exactly. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good because even when folks say it, and it, it cracks me up when other when white folks say it, like, oh. oh, that reminds me of. And it's like, that's because you think that one, people are out here doing it for fun. Yeah. And that, oh, I've gotten, quote unquote, good with this black woman right. who leads very well. And so I'm therefore good with all of y'all. And it's like, no. Right. Yeah. This is a predominantly white institution. You are upholding some form of white supremacy every day you show up and work at this institution. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that, it doesn't mean that just because Breezy did this, Oh, now every other black woman who comes up and who is loud, every other black woman who comes up and wears her hair curly, every black woman who comes up and advocates for this is breezy. No, what it means is every black woman who comes here is fed up about the same daggone stuff. So y'all should probably fix what the issue is. Right. And that's like a big thing about uh, especially this institution. They push all the issues onto the students Mm -hmm. and it's going to circle back that it's time for y'all to take some of this burden. Right. Because this is not okay. Yeah. But yeah. But I love how you said that because that that breaks up that boundary. It breaks up that area of, okay, I'm a black woman. And because I'm a black woman, I have to serve and I, I have to do what everybody's asking me to do. Right. And right, as you said, as you stated, and as you said, just because I'm a black woman and I'm showing up does not mean that I have to do what you want me to do. Right. I come, I do what I can, mm-hmm. I do what I want, I get my degree and I leave. And I reap all the benefits that I can get from this institution. And that's it. Black women, black folks at PWIs, if you are listening, and I I hope you are, (laughs) you are not obligated. That's it. You're not obligated to go to that predominantly white institution to make that predominantly white institution better. Because what I've seen with my own eyes, and luckily UMW is not... um, is not the only example, luckily, right. but also unfortunately, of saying, okay, we're listening to this black leader while they're here for four years, and then we're going to go back to doing what we want to do right. after they're that gone. Wait out, that wait out. Until the next one, right? Yep. And because of that, knowing how inconsistent predominantly white institutions and the leaders of predominantly white institutions can be, do not, please do not put your money into an institution solely for the sole reason of, I can fix it. That's like, you know how it comes to relationships? And it's like, oh, Uh, I can fix him. I can change him. He's not that bad. I got him. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) I'm just going to pray for him. Like, baby, some things God may just not want you to move with that man. In the same way, God may not want you coming to an institution where you're only going to have to fight. 
that can't that can't be the crutch, which is why we talked about the balance of social life, right? Yeah. We talked about okay, no, I have friends. Okay, yeah, I don't go to white parties because it might compromise my mental health. I go to the movies. I connect outside of that, yeah. right? I bring my friends into the organization that I'm leading in. Because if you don't, mm-hmm. that heavy weight of care in a predominant institution is is literally carrying years of oppression and injustice and anti-blackness. Facts. And you're, you're carrying it on yourself Facts. and then you're confused when you break. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's that's to be expected, right? Mm-hmm. So never, never, never come to a predominantly white institution or, um, you know what I'm saying, kind of stay at a predominantly white institution because you're like, it's my duty to change it by myself. It, it's not. It's not. It's never going it's to be. Nope. Ever. And little side note, um, if we're on break, we're on break. Come on. Come on. As being a student leader, they think they can take up your time any kind of way, especially emails. Oh my, my goodness. goodness. <laughs> and they're not doing it to white students. I'm telling you off the bat. So when we come back, let's go back to boundaries. Black yes. girl boundaries. Yep. I like that. Yes. It's don't emails. An, don't answer no emails. Look, I told Kayla this the other day because my spiritual mother gave this to me. Office hours are so imperative. My office hours start at 5 p.m. and they end at 8 p.m. Within those office hours, I'm doing things in the ACP. I'm doing things presidential. I'm having meetings. I try to do everything. I respond back to emails within 5 to 8. I allow people to call me in regards to all these positions from 5 to 8. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, if I text you, you're lucky. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's regarding work. Outside of that, if you need to make a phone call, I'm probably declining it. Because right. within these hours, you have my 100% full participation, full attention. Outside of that, though, I'm a black girl at a PWI. Right. I need to rest. I need to watch a movie. I mm-hmm. need to do homework. I need to show up for myself without giving so much of myself out that I get nothing in return from me. Because I'm, I'm responsible for me. Oh. So black girl PWI is not responsible for you as much as you are responsible for you as a black girl. Yeah. Which means that you as an individual have to say no. <laughs> and and, and that be that. Hey, King, come speak. No. No. With no explanation. Because we tend to, as black women especially, we tend to try to... Justify. Just Yeah! We try to, no, I can't do this, and I'm so sorry because I just feel like I'm just tired and I'm burnt out. Don't nobody need that explanation? Right. What they need to know you burnt out for. Which is, like, also understand that, like, women are raised that way in general, Mm -hmm. and that's how the world is, is, like, built, right? You get to the big leaders, and they're just like, a woman asks for something, and then she'd be like, no. All of a sudden, they're like, why? <laughs> why? Right? Like, why Why do I need to give you a rebuttal? Like, as a, as a black woman and woman, like, all that. Exactly. I shouldn't have to give you a rebuttal of my no. And shouldn't. And at a predominantly white institution in which you're not getting paid, you definitely, oh. you're paying them to be there. Yeah. And you're helping them because you're a black woman at a PWI. And if you're involved, you are making that institution better. So really, they should be paying you, but they're not. And because of that, don't let nobody who ain't paying you, well, don't let nobody in a in a workspace play you like that, right? Mm-hmm. But especially at a predominantly white institution that is a college or university, don't let anyone who's not paying you sit there and try to tell you, you owe me this. I owe you nothing. My presence on this campus, my presence in this room Mm -hmm. is more than enough. And that's all you're going to get unless I choose and have the capacity to give you otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if your cup is filled, 
60%, you should not be given that predominantly white institution, that predominantly white space, workplace, even a college, a university. You should not be given it 45. And then giving yourself, what is that, 15? Roughly, if I did 60, right? 15? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should not be getting less. And you've been pouring in more, not in this capacity, unless you are getting filled up in other ways, community, safe spaces, uh, alone time. So when it comes to me in those office hours and I fall between when I get on the phone with people now <laughs> and they're talking and they're like, OK, did I, I'm OK if it goes over eight o'clock, but it has to start at like seven or something like that, right. 730. And, you know, what I'm saying I'd be like, OK, well, if you have any questions, you know, contact me, you know, anytime between five and eight p.m. Yeah. Email me anytime between 5 and 8 p.m. And if you don't, I will only respond between 5 and 8 p.m. Yeah. Don't ex- don't expect a response outside of that time frame. Right. And that freedom of schedule as a senior like solidifies of how to create those beautiful schedules, beautiful boundaries. Mm. But as a freshman, I say it's twice as hard. Yeah. Because these whack uh, intro classes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but like it's how rigorous uh, lack of, you know, lack of choosing your own class mm. schedule and then already having these solidified um, clubs, club mm-hmm. and organization schedules, it's a little different, I would say, because you have like the in-between schedule of like, all right, I have class and then everybody has lunch together. Mm-hmm. Like it's different like that. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, we a little younger, you know, spring chicken, <laughs> right? So we we be out from like, what, 10 to like 1 a.m. Yes, Lord. We do. We do. Um, so I be in the bed. <laughs> Right. So we could do like those kind of things. That's like, you know, fun. But it's also just like they ask a lot of us as a freshman, yeah. as a student, just yeah. as a student. Forget the leadership. Right. Just that workload is crazy because mm-hmm. them F Sims be going crazy. Yeah. Because they treat it as if it's another course curricular class, mm-hmm. but it's only what's it called? What they call it? A degree requirement. Yeah. Like a little basic. It's a first-year seminar. Yeah. Right? And for my non-UMW folks, FSIM is a first-year seminar for that freshman at UMW specifically are required to take. Yes. And I think it's rigorous. It wasn't as rigorous when I was there, but it's especially rigorous now. It's growing. It's up to the capacity of, like, a honor honor class, yeah. right? Without the honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But you spoke to, to you, you came past, you were, like, outside of student leadership, but I think even as a black woman at a predominantly white institution in your freshman year, a lot of times you all are expected to prove yourself more than other people. Facts. Right. So to to a degree, yeah, people are so familiar with me that I it's like I have nothing to prove. Right. But I feel like some of y'all have the pressure to show up in a way where it's like I have to prove that I'm not that I'm not breezy, but I have to prove that I have something worth saying. That I yeah. have something, you know what I'm saying, worth giving to this mm-hmm. institution. You know what I'm saying? And so how how do you maneuver through that? Um, I just like you said repeatedly, unapologetic. <laughs> like I'ma say what I need to say. And I think I was just how I was raised, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been raised in those like communities where I had to consistently deal with like, you know, older generation or just like older peers, right? Mm-hmm. Trying to have a say. Um, I don't know. I just pushed myself and came as like, you know, just laid everything out on the table mm-hmm. and just know I'm handling the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to like be more in depth about no, that. No, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Because I, I think, and I don't even think that just applies to freshmen as it relates to college and institution. I think it applies to any new space that a yeah. black woman may be going into. You have nothing to prove. Your presence is more than enough. Your resume probably speaks for itself. And the resilience that's already within you is sufficient, right? right? So, so you don't have to come improving anything. 
But what you do have to come in with is boundaries. You have to come in knowing who you are, right? Mm-hmm. That way it, you can't be deterred and you can't be pushed to to give and to over stretch right. yourself when you don't need to. Right. So Caleb, we're wrapping up, but I want you to give in the parting words, I want you to give Black Girl PWI listeners, uh, the Black Girl PWI family, two tips. Two on tips. either setting boundaries as a Black girl, Black girl boundaries, or um, just kind of balancing social life. Or it could just be in general tips. Um, Tip number one, use a calendar, some type of notes, something you can visually see your schedule in your palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. That is a big thing. That's beautiful. Um, And then tip number two, um, shh, shh. <laughs> yeah uh i don't know just say I, don't, I really don't have a second one because if you're able to schedule out yourself you're able to see what you need to say mm-hmm. no to or what has priority right mm-hmm. like even like my friend time i put it in my schedule mm-hmm. so yeah that's i think that's you know everything else falls into place when yeah. you have your calendar or something some, some type of scheduling tool yeah right? yeah I'm, I'm gonna take your last one and i'm gonna say uh tip number two would be to set boundaries I'm learning this firsthand as a senior. And if I would have knew this and actually applied it my freshman year, I wouldn't be where I've been mentally and emotionally in terms of being tormented and being stressed out and being sad and being anxiety if I would have applied those things early on. I've, I've kind of gotten, I'm, I'm not even getting the hold of it just yet. I'm practicing, right? Mm-hmm. The things that work and that don't work. Right. But... I would take seriously those boundaries. I'm reading the book. I, I, you know, y'all know the, the famous book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace. I'm reading it. I have that in the workbook. But really set boundaries. Even if it's small, even if it's boundaries with yourself, I'm going to take back my time this week. I'm going to say no to meetings this week. I'm going to set office hours, maybe just for this week. And then, you know, from there, you can kind of add on boundaries or I wouldn't say bend boundaries, but add on boundaries and then take away some boundaries depending on how you feel. But in putting stuff down in the calendar, I use Google Calendar, right? But even a planner. And then also being able to visualize where am I able to show up the most this week? And then where am I able to show up the least this week? Mm-hmm. And then around that, set your boundaries. That's good. That's really That's <laughs> That's good. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, Kayla, I'm so thankful that you came on today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. Of course. So, Black Girl out of PWI, Black girls, Black folks watching this. or You're not watching this. You're listening to this. I really want to encourage you to go to at Black Girl PWI on Instagram. If you don't know, we recently dropped an announcement that on April 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. in Fredericksburg, Virginia, we are doing our first ever Black Girl PWI link up slash meetup. We want all the folks, HBCUs, PWIs, non-colleges, all the Black girls at PWIs, all the black folks at PWIs, all the black folks in general to pull up, to network with us. You'll get exclusive. Um, you'll be able to buy, sorry, exclusive Black Girl at PWI merch. Y'all will also be a part of the live studio recording audience. Um, and we'll have a special guest there. I can't tell you the special guest, but it's going to be a special guest. Uh, but it's going to be dope. You have to get your tickets. The goal is 200, but I believe we can surpass it. Um, but it's going to be dope. So if you don't, have a group already make sure you find a group make sure you comment under the post to find some folks who are going who you can link up with and who you want to see at this beautiful black girl pwi link up slash meet and greet 
It's about to be dope. I'm so excited for what we're about to continue talking about within this season, but also how much Black Girl at a Peter Rye is growing. So thank y'all so much for listening in. Make sure y'all come back because we got more stuff to talk about at Black Girl at a PWI. Respectfully. <laughs> now class is out, but that don't mean you should be going ghost, okay? If you like today's discussion or want to keep it going, follow us on Instagram at Black Girl PWI and keep talking at talk. Also, don't forget to check out our portal for scholarships, financial aid tips, mental health, and motivation some days. This is Breezy signing out. Take care of yourself and keep showing up, sis.